Well, hello, Colorado Buffaloes. Can't wait to see you soon. But before we do, if Oklahoma State quarterback coach Tim Rattay is a quarterback whisperer, then he needs to stop whispering because it ain't working. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Lockdown Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you, County, for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Lockdown Oklahoma State. We're available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter at All Day O State, and I do, in fact, implore you to do so. On a road to a thousand here. Like it if you like it. Dislike it if you don't like it. Tell me what I could have done better. So we've kind of gone over before the fact that if you were to say there's a handful of coaches that shouldn't have a job right now in Stiller, Oklahoma, that's not only fair, that's accurate. That's right. Because anything, any profession should be based upon production like how valuable of an asset are you coach jason mcindu has not been an asset so far in stillwater neither in recruiting or in development of the cowboy backslash tight end style of position fullback you know that, that that flex type type thing that we were doing it just it didn't work okay charlie dickey legend of manhattan greatness at kansas state not able to replicate the same thing here and then Timurtay. Timurtay has phenomenal relationships. And he's able to build bridges that extend a long way for the recruits and their parents and their family and, and, and comfortability. Because, again, at the end of the day, you are, as a parent, allowing and or sending your, your son to go to Oklahoma State or any university, really, to flourish, not just as an athlete, but as, you know, and not just as a football player, but also as a young man, as an individual that's going to be integral to society. And there's a, there's a lot of ways that that can be accomplished. And maybe that side of the coin is why all of those gentlemen still have a job. Because, if, again, if it's just on production, this is not a conversation that should be had or needs to be had. But it is where we stand. This is exactly where we are. Those coaches who have a track record thus far in Stillwater of not achieving a whole hell of a lot are back. But as we've talked about before, the simplification should be massively beneficial. And whenever you consider Tim Rattay a quarterback whisperer, like part of it, there's no denying, right? His ability to make inroads with recruits is pretty good, pretty, pretty, pretty darn good. The analytical side of the game for him, very, very good. 
his photographic memory is what helped him, you know, have an eight, nine year career in the NFL, which isn't easy to do. But that doesn't always mean you can pass it on and make it make sense, right? I've referenced this before. A coach's job is just to put players in the best positions to be successful. It doesn't always mean it's the exact position you, you showed up to play. You, your job might change, and if you're willing to adapt with it, you could see the fruits of that labor. But when it comes to the on-field development, it's been kicked around a couple times about Spencer Sanders and his lack of development. You could say the same about Shane Ellingworth, but the lack of development is cause for concern. Well, then you've also kind of heard that supposedly Spencer wasn't exactly the biggest fan of putting in the extra time. And Tim Rattay's philosophy is it takes far more than the hours that you simply put in at practice to get to the level you want to be. If you want to be an NFL quarterback that has a, a somewhat sustainable future in the game, the, the bare minimum is never going to work, no matter how talented you are. There's only a handful of people who have the athletic ability of like a Bo Jackson. And then to be able to also make that applicable to football, it's just few and far between. So if you've got it between the years and you know that you can you know, disseminate information, that means you've got to have somebody willing to buy in just as much on the other side of the coin. And let's just say, for a devil's argument, let's just say that Spencer Sanders didn't exactly put in the time that was required of him to excel further. We can say that that is a possibility. And just like we think the simplification for Charlie Dickey is going to be huge this season, this is his wheelhouse. This is the style of offense that he's used to running. This is the style of offense he wants to run. This is the style of offense almost every offensive lineman in America would prefer. Pass pro is cool, but it's not the same. It's not the same as getting your hands dirty and controlling something from the line of scrimmage and seeing it through. Because if you do your job effectively, if every offensive lineman does their job, you're going to be productive. You're going to gain positive yardage. So could that be part of the missing piece here for Coach Timberte? Could it be that Spencer Sanders just didn't do enough off of the football field? Now, he never got in trouble. He never heard wild, crazy stories. But you have heard that he was definitely not somebody that was, you know, obsessed with a playbook. That's very, very different than what we're hearing now. We know that Garrett Rangel is obsessed with figuring out the analytical cerebral ways around the game. We know that Gunnar Gundy has probably had the most impressive sw spring in regards to what was expected. But we all also know that this is Alan Bowman's job to lose. So this could be a, a big opportunity for Timber Tay. If he can continue to make these relationships and recruiting, it's huge.
You gotta go grab the Garrett Rengales of the world. You gotta be able to go get the Zane Flores of the world. You have to for sustainability into the future. But we've already heard multiple times that Alan Bowman has picked up the offense a long time ago. Again, the KISS method is not only applicable, but it's something that can help Tim Rattay take that next step. Could it be that Spencer Sanders didn't didn't participate on the other end of the bill? Could it be that Tim Rattay needed Spencer to do some things specifically that just weren't getting done? I don't know. But I do know that the players now are a fan. The quarterbacks in the quarterback room right now not only love Tim Rattay as a person, they, they, they love the way he breaks everything down, but they also love the fact that keeping it simple can also add a lot of complexities to your game individually as a quarterback. So is this the year that we see that next evolutionary process in Tim Rattay's development? Could Alan Bowman be that gap? Now, right, the, the, the stop gap, the bridge gap, if you will, to somebody who's more cerebrally based, like a Garrett Rangel, like a Gunnar Gundy. Zane Flores has all the athletic ability in the world right here, right now. That, that, that's not something that needs to be tweaked a considerable amount just yet. I think the answer could be yes. Just like I think. Coach McIndoo's responsibilities to handle tight ends and, you know, even to some degree the fullback stuff. He's been doing it long enough now. Yeah, he's an O-line guy at heart. Yeah, he understands the O-line stuff ad nauseum. But if he has a tight end that is productive, then I'd say he did his job, whether it's all him or not. Part of it is getting guys there and getting the guys to buy in that are there for you to be able to implement your your scheme and it work properly. That's just that's just how it is. Let me know down in the comments section what you think about this year's quarterback situation. And is this a make or break year for Tim or Tay? I say absolutely. Absolutely. No questions asked. You've got some guys that have been in the system for a little bit now. You've got some guys that understand the offense, including Alan Bowman, the new guy. There's no excuse. This year, we're not asking the quarterbacks to do a crap ton. We're not asking them to go complete air raid, chunk it all all over the daggone yard, and let's try to score punches and bunches. That's not what we're doing. So just like it could help the wide receivers because you're getting more or less targets, that means you have to do more with the targets you are getting. It could be the same for the quarterback room. If you're not chunking it all over the place all the time, then you have to be a little bit more selective. Your windows need a little bit, a little bit more attention to detail. So, yeah, this is Coach Charlie Dickey's style of offense. Coach McIndoo's been doing this long enough that you would think that he understands what that next evolutionary process is, and Tim Rattay. Tim Rattay maybe gets the benefit of having the lab rats that 
he really, really thinks are necessary to make everything work. Only time will tell. Just like you know, only time will tell what we end up doing on the hardboard hardwood before you know we go on to this Colorado conversation. But right now, the most important thing you could do is go check out LinkedIn Jobs. Like every single day, you know that every new hire can feel like like a high stakes wager for you and your small business. If you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is go add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are hiring. Use the tools like screening questions to make it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right amount of skills and experience that you need so you can help your company quickly prioritize the individuals that you would like to interview. This is why small businesses rank LinkedIn number one in de- developing and delivering quality hires versus all of the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quali- qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that is linkedin.com slash locked on college. Go there now to post your job for free. Of course, naturally, terms and conditions do apply. All right. So you see the next thing on the ticker there. I just, you know, I wanted to give a little bit of a, a bridge here before we jumped into a little bit of a conversation about Colorado. I think, especially especially with the roster that Mike Poynton has been able to put together recently. Expectations need to be high. This is year seven. Year seven. Like, what are we we even doing if we continue to allow the expectations to be average at best? I, I think it would be a full-hearted mission for anybody to be okay with just merely making the tournament. No. No. Galgar Iba Arena is an experience that we are not getting enough of. I'm not going to I'm not going to go into that rant right now. Okay? I'm not going to do that. But if you see some of the clips coming out, we know how talented Eric Daly Jr. can be, especially with him averaging almost 10 points a game with Team USA. You know, people like Doug Gottlieb are pretty doggone high on, you know, Jerry Sicklin, the transfer guard from DeSoto, Texas. Keon Williams, his role is going to expand. He's going to be able to do a little bit more. And last year, the growing pains he had to go through were because he was a freshman on his own with no other freshman. It's hard to state how difficult that is to navigate on your own. The amount of maturity it takes internally to be able to go through all the bumps and the bruises and the grind and the class and and have nobody else that's going through it with you. Everybody else has done the college thing before. And so his maturation process was fun to watch. His athleticism should be something that we're able to utilize this year. Javon Small was probably the second biggest transfer that we had, one of the bigger transfers we've had in a while. You know, we've kind of done, 
some stuff for the, the coaching staff. And I think that's a good, I think that's a good move. Keaton Page will now have more hands in what we have rock and rolling. That could be beneficial for shooting, especially for somebody like a Connor Dow, the sharpshooter out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. He's got the size and the length that if you do put him out there on your on his own, he's going to make you pay. If you allow him to get into your body and drive a little bit, he could equally make you pay right there as well. Jeremy Keller could be a Byron Eaton style of guy. Justin McBride, once five-star, went to academy, dealt with some injuries, dealt with some just re-understanding what he wanted out of, out of the game of basketball. Like That's a sleeping giant, potentially. A lot of people expect, expect Brandon Garrison to get a significant amount of playing times, especially as Big 12 play kind of starts to come into play. Mike Marsh could be somebody who, you know, comes in and adds some stuff. We still have John Michael right there, which was at times a scorer when needed, at times a facilitator, jack of all trades, master of none. This season we should allow him to focus on one thing specifically. And a lot of people, myself included, were pretty shocked about the news that we were losing our big guy. But. If anybody would go look at what Musa Cisse was able to do compared to what Isaiah Miranda can do, this is one of those opportunities. You got to give props where props are due. That's something that we do do do. We do do on this channel. <laughs> and props are due. Going out and getting Isaiah Miranda was a massive move. It was a move that takes the sting out of losing Musa Cisse a decent amount. It takes some of the sting out of losing a Caleb Boone a decent amount. I am still excited to watch some UNLV basketball this year, right? Go back, Jerry Tarkanian, the running Rebels. But I think you got to do more than just get there. Just simply getting to the Big 12 tournament shouldn't be enough in year seven. Yeah, we're going to be super young, but that's the predicament we put ourselves in. That is the situation that Mike Boynton is in at the moment, and it's not a situation that he didn't know what was coming, at least to some degree. The sky's not falling. It looked pretty bleak there for a minute. It did. But Isaiah Miranda is that kind of difference maker when you have as much talent as we have. Can somebody like Bryce Thompson take that next step? What is that next step? Is it just more evolution in his game? Or does he have to be that sharpshooter? He must improve his free throw game. Hopefully, that's something they're in the lab on. But let me know down in the comment section. What are your expectations? To me, it's you got to go to the tournament. You got to win at least one. At least one. That's his bare minimum. I think it is fair to shoot for two. 
If you win two games in March Madness, all right, let's do it again because we're going to be young. And one of the reasons that it, it was a no-brainer to hire Mike Boynton is because nobody could find bad things to say about him within the organization, in the locker room, in the, the training staff, right? just the, the personnel in the building. It was a resounding yes that Mike Boynton should be, at least in consideration, to be the next guy. To win over that many people in a room, you would hope that if we win two in the tournament, that's enough. And there you go. The last thing on the ticker. And the reason I saved this for the end is because we've covered this multiple, multiple, multiple times. And as an Oklahoma State fan, you might think this is not all that important, Cody. This isn't pertinent information. I digress. Perhaps we're thinking of this the wrong way. Perhaps instead of just thinking about, well, what immediate value do they have? Let's have another conversation about stability. Let's have another conversation about security. If you're building a foundation, which the Big 12 has never really had that firm of foundation because you can go back to 1928 when Nebraska was messing around, doing some independent stuff and then bouncing in and out and Big 7, Big 8, Big 6. It's just, it's been a hodgepodge. This is the opportunity for security. This is the opportunity to do the foundation even better than what had ever been done before. Ever, 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 ever been done before. Colorado was a part of most of that. So if you know the foundation that you have right now is good, very good, it's brand new with the additions of Cincy and UCF and Houston and BYU, plus what you already had, that's a that's finally, finally a good foundation. Colorado would help that foundation even better. Because there is a past here. Colorado did used to be a must-watch. I'm sure a lot of us remember watching some of the Cordell Stewart days. David Bloom was really cool to watch. Before the whole scandal thing, right? Uh, go figure, a recruiting scandal. Before that, Colorado was a, a force to be reckoned with. I miss those days. And sometimes nostalgic purposes draw more value. I think Colorado adds more than just Coach Prime. Does that help? Well, yeah, certainly. You would like to be the conference that benefits from the exposure that Colorado is going to get over the next couple of years. But Colorado's not dumb. They may not necessarily love the idea. They may not necessarily be foaming at the mouth to make this move. But if they can come into the Big 12... And, and help re 
mix up that that the strength of the foundation to make it even better at a full share. That's right. They're not going to have to do the the stair step like the other four newcomers are going to have to do, and that's fair. Like, yeah, they left. They shouldn't have left the way they did. They had no business leaving. But you live and you learn. And they have lost over $70 million since joining the Pac-12 in relation to what they would have made if they'd have been in the Big 12. They know that. That's money you can't just magically reel back in. But if you can hold on to Coach Prime long enough and you can get back into you know a good footing in a good conference finally, that'll be more than enough. So again, it is important. It does matter. It does directly tie into Oklahoma State because we want Oklahoma State to be the best that it physically possibly can. And Oklahoma State can be the best in the new conference. But the better the foundation is, the harder it's going to be for anybody to ever bump the Big 12 off that number three spot, which is more money for all of us, which means we can keep chipping away and at least get close to some degree of what the Big Ten and the SEC are. They're not changing. They're not going anywhere. It is what it is. But we have opportunities. Adding Colorado is the, the next domino. Arizona is also having a meeting, an emergency meeting, mind you. So come Friday... We could be hearing some pretty cool news. And if that news happens, and if that slipper gets put on the foot, Arizona's going to be pretty close behind. And that's important to all of us, especially the ones that watched Colorado as we were growing up. All right, y'all. That's all we're going to have for this one. As always, you know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you all once again for tuning in today to make this your first listen. There's so many places you could go. And we're greatly appreciative that you tune in here first. All right, y'all. Later, taters.